We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We've got a special trade deadline episode. This was one of the most busy trade deadlines I can remember in recent history. Usually, for the last 25 years, the Yankees have been on the buying side of trade deadlines. They were on the selling side this year. Thank God, as we just said in the most recent episode, that Brian Cashman convinced management to actually go through with the, with all of the sells. Andrew Miller, Araldis Chapman, and then on Monday afternoon... Carlos Beltran, and he even got rid of Ivan Nova. He he got somebody to take Ivan Nova off of our hands. So if you're a Yankees fan, you have to be absolutely thrilled with what happened in the last week. It's amazing what this guy has done in in a couple days and how he has completely changed the minor league system of the New York Yankees, right? I mean, you think about what we were a couple of years ago. I, I mean, even with the new guys that we've talked about, right? We were, we were probably, what, like 11, 12, Not 13? Even, I was that- watching uh, Baseball Tonight because the Yankees and Mets are playing right now. Yankees are trying to play spoiler to the Mets right now in the top of the ninth inning. But they had the Baseball Tonight trade deadline show on before, so I threw that on. Keith Law was on there who, who does his whole prospect ranking stuff. And he said before the last week of trades – the Yankees would have ranked somewhere in the 15 to 20 range in in uh, major leagues, and now they're probably a top five. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's insane. What what Brian Cashman has done over the past four days is is ridiculous. I mean, I'm saying four days just because I believe there's a lot of setup for for what happened on Sunday and Monday. But he he has given us hope. That's what he's done. He's given us hope. You and I have been asking for hope for for months and months. I mean, I'd even go back to last year. We've been looking for hope, and Brian Cashman in one swoop gave us exactly what we need. And uh, I'm I'm pumped up, man. I'm ex- I'm very excited. He was on the broadcast tonight on the Yes Network and on ESPN. I'm sure he said the same things in both locations. But one thing I heard him say was that it's something that needed to be done, and. Th- that that really goes a long way and i think it goes a long way with a lot of you know fans like us where we were begging the yankees for, you know if it was up to brian cashman i bet he would have wanted to sell in 2013 and 2014 but management just would not let him last year was a different story because they were at the time of the trade deadline leading the division they didn't play very well down the stretch but they were leading the division so they were all about buying last year but 2013 and 14 they traded away some assets to try and fill some holes on pretty bad teams and if they had done that again this year it would have been a complete disservice to the future of this organization and as you said it gives us hope for the next few years listen they're probably not going to be very good next year they'll be more exciting i'll enjoy watching them more but a 500 team is probably what they're going to be next year. But I'm completely okay with that because 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22 has a lot of hope. And it didn't before this last week. You know, and the, and the fact that you're saying that, you're even saying a 500 team. I mean, that's what we are this year. And while we had false hope, I mean, I was one of the one of the ones in the beginning of the season. Everybody knows who listens to this show that I'm I'm overly optimistic when I look at rosters and when I look at this team, just because I feel like it, it helps my uh, I don't know it helps my mentality. I guess when I look at this when I look at everything. But the fact of the matter is is that these guys were old and they and they played old and this league got very young very fast. And when you look at you wrote an article, you know, around the All Star break about the amount of young guys, the you know the percentage of young guys in the All Star game, and and then and then comparing it to what the Yankees roster looks like, and it's a sad it's, it was a sad state of affairs at that point. And then Brian Cashman swoops in and changes that in 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 a couple weeks. I mean, this dude, I, I can't even I can't say enough about how impressed I am with the. The, the types of prospects he got. I mean, it's not, it's not just one area. I mean, yesterday with the, with the, we were talking about when we recorded the last show, you know, we were talking about position players that he's, he's, uh, he's targeted, right? And not as much uh, going after the, the pitching. But then he comes back and, and takes Beltron, removes Beltron, obviously in a year that we needed to move him because he was uh, going to be a free agent. Now I was playing devil's advocate, saying that I could see this as a you know the linchpin, saying that they're going to try to compete. Well, he did what I was hoping that they would do and sell and sold him off. But he, they got the number four draft pick from last year's uh, major league draft. The number four guy, a right-handed pitcher who's in single A. I, I know he's young, but it's the number four guy. If they were to hold on to him and got a compensation pick for Carlos Beltran, it would have been. What after thirty, right? So yeah, it happens. It's after crazy the first round. value. And then he got two other throw-in guys who I know we don't know much about, but who cares? There, there are two more guys. The, 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 the fact of the matter is that they got Carlos Beltran is a forty-year-old, uh, a forty-year-old guy who would have been a two-month rental, 
and they got a the number four draft pick from last year. It's that's be- crazy. It is crazy. It speaks to the depth of the Texas organization. So good on them for being able to trade away a guy that they just drafted last year for a two-month rental who's 39 years old with aging knees. But also good on Cashman for being able to squeeze everything out of that rock from the Texas Rangers. And he, as you said, he got the number four overall pick from 2015. To put that into perspective, there was a great tweet from Peter Boddy that I saw today. And he said, Yankees have acquired two players picked in the top five in drafts over the last two days. Their last top five pick was Brian Taylor from 1991. They haven't had a top five pick from a draft in 30 years almost. It's crazy. And because Brian Taylor was a guy that they were talking about for a long time that did not live up to expectations. He was he had a very big fall from grace. You look him up if you don't know who we're talking about, but but he's a guy that was uh was was you know, he was touted as the guy and it just did not happen in a big way. So we're talking about top of the draft talent that the Yankees are acquiring and they have not been in a position since the 90s to acquire this talent and it's because they've been so competitive. So Right. That's a good thing. But eventually you, you need to acquire some of this talent, and especially with the way the league is going, where veterans are just not as valuable as they were in the PED and the amphetamines and all that kind of stuff era, where you're going to need the majority of your team to be young and athletic. And they're building a team that is going to be young and athletic. When you look at their top prospects in their system – They're all at positions that it's good that they're young, up the middle positions. Gary Sanchez behind the plate. All of the middle infielders with um, Torres and Mateo, as well as Didi and Castro at the major league level. And then you've got outfielders who can play all over the outfield with Judge and um, uh, uh, Frazier, who they just acquired. So they're building up the middle, which is how they did it in the 90s, and I love it. It's it's a beautiful thing. And you know, there's just so many there's so many positive things to look about. And you know, this is I want to I want to give a message to the to the fans that cuz I feel like there's there's a lot of fans that that knew we needed to we needed to go out and and sell assets. But there is a there is a a portion of the fans, there is a section of these uh, of the Yankee fans who wanted to to keep the guys, did not want to sell. And I want to talk to you right now because if you look at the New York Yankees and what they've done in the past, right? We've, you know, Andrew, you and I have have talked about that the fact that you can't buy free agents and expect to win. Uh, maybe you maybe you'll get lucky a year, like 2009. We saw it, it worked out, right? But the majority of the time, it does not work out. But now, look at what the Yankees situation is. This because we're in a very unique situation. Not only do the Yankees now have, a, we're, you know, I guess in our in our minds we're saying top five. It's about that. Whatever. It's a very. It's a one of the best farm systems now in Major League Baseball, which is I can't even believe I'm saying that. But one of the best farm systems in baseball. Not only do we have that for the next two to three years and plus, right? But we are also the New York Yankees who have all the money in the world who can fill gaps with free agent major league ball players who are out there and and can succeed in very big fashion. We look at the 2019 class that we've all been coveting for a while with Machado and Harper and those guys. The Yankees are set up so ridiculously well to 
to attract these guys with young talent that can win and play well and then go out and add those missing pieces. This is exactly, exactly the framework of how 96 through 2000, 2001, if you want to say, this is exactly how it happened. It's, it's, a, it's history repeating itself. It's beautiful. It's a luxury that 90% of the teams in baseball don't have. Absolutely. Where they can not only have try and build through their farm system, but then know that they're going to have the checkbook to back it up with free agents. The Royals really couldn't do that. And right. you're seeing them in a position now where they're not having a great season. They have the worst record, I think, since the All-Star break in Major League Baseball. And they were seriously considering selling. That team just won the freaking World Series and had a number of players on that team that I think I compared to the early 90s, mid-90s Yankees. That did happen. I know they've had some injuries this year, and a lot of things have gone wrong for them. And then Wade Davis just got injured, and I think they were maybe going to shop him around. But... You, you look at a team like the Royals that had so much promise just 12 months ago and to see how quickly it can fall apart. The Yankees, they're going to have the resources to add to whatever sort of young talent they have through free agency. But you cannot make free agency the core of your team. It still right. needs to come from your organization because that's how you build long-term success. That's what Cashman is seems like he's been trying to preach uh, for a number of years at this point. They, they kind of started to do it in the late you know 2007, 2008 time with uh, Ian Kennedy and Phil Hughes and Jabba Chamberlain. And then it all fell apart and they went out and bought all the free agents and that actually worked out. But then you saw, you saw it slowly decline again. After 2012, the team was not very good anymore, but they were just sort of filling gaps and putting band-aids, ex- very expensive band-aids on this team until it finally you know, mushroomed and you get what you got the last couple months of this season. Well, and, and, you know, just talking about the point of adding free agents and like, that's the way that you build. Usually when you do that, you have a very small window to, to win and you have to, you're depending on the fact that these guys gel together and play as a team with that, because I don't care how much talent you have in the world on your team. If these guys aren't playing together, even in baseball, there are, you know, it's not. I, we all know it's not a one man. T- it's not a one man game. It's it's a team game, obviously. But if these guys aren't playing in sync and playing together and and have a good rapport and have a good clubhouse feel, they're not going to win, no matter how much talent is on there. So the fact that you know we're talking about having young guys who have been playing together, a lot of these guys have been playing together for years, and then we're adding some more young talent who are going to grow together with these other guys. There, it's it's a big deal because. Now you're adding free agents to complement or to, to to fill a gap in what you already have with young talent, and you you get a, you get an opportunity. Your window becomes a little bit larger because you have younger guys who have played together, and then you're filling in guys with uh, with these contracts. So you just you just have a, a better opportunity to to build a team that can win and win more than just one year or more than just one more two more than two years so it's just a better opportunity to win and it's a better opportunity for your franchise to thrive long term and I, I, i'm so pumped up i really am i like i can't believe that the fact that we sell all the players you know you get so excited but i'm just i'm very excited the fact that they did it they well, did it they did it well you you finally got sick of seeing 
Carlos Beltran and Alex Rodriguez and Mark Teixeira and Jacoby Ellsbury and Brett Gardner and CeCe Sabathia and Ivan Nova and all these players run out there and be mediocre. We finally got sick of it. And it's something different. It's, it's as you said to kick off the show, it's hope. It's hope for the future. Right. So, of course, you're going to be pumped up. Every every Yankees fan should be pumped up. If, if there's Yankee fans out there saying – I've seen people say that the Yankees should never give up. And it's sort of what Randy Levine said. Then you know what? I don't want to – I don't want you on my side because eventually yeah. you need to do the smart thing. And that's what Brian Cashman did. Um, and and, pe- and people are giving or people people are actually down or people are talking shit about the Steinbrenners now and, and the fact that they're not like their father right in the sense that they actually they actually gave in and they they people are saying they gave in and they sold but to me such a such a dumb it, philosophy it really is but, a, I mean it's but we it, know we know how St- what George you know the boss was the boss was a guy who was like always on the cusp of winning but it was a different time it was like totally different he, first of all. He lost for a while, <laughs> and yeah. he lost for a while. The 80s and were then not they started winning. Good. They started winning when he wasn't there. He was suspended and gone. And Stick Michael came in and righted the ship. So there were there were people, there were pragmatic people that came in and actually made good decisions. As much as we love the boss, and I love the boss as anybody else, but there were other people that had a lot of influence in the decisions that happened that 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 led to the teams from '96 to you know the the early 2000s. So the fact that you know anybody talks any smack about Hal Steinbrenner backing down and and not playing for the for the uh, the championship or the playoffs in a year that everybody knows damn well it's not there. It's it's just it's it's not it's it doesn't make sense. He did what he did the right thing. He made the smart move, and I give him a lot of credit for that. And I and I thank God finally they're letting Cashman do his job. And maybe this this is a good thing for the future too because now that you can see what Cashman has done and. You know, I just I pray that it gives dividends, and and we see we actually see the uh, the uh, you know the positives on the field, and Cashman's allowed to do his job for the rest of the time he's here. So I mean, just just good stuff all around. Worse, I'm pumped up, dude. <laughs> Worst case scenario is that the Yankees totally suck next year, and then in 2018 they start to get better, but the the team really isn't rounding into form yet. Maybe they have some young guys that uh, are starting to play well. But but we're really looking at maybe a 2019 or 2020 team of young players that we can get excited about. I think that's a, a bad case scenario. Even so, think about some of these teams that have won the, recently, like the Royals. The Royals didn't make the playoffs for 30 years. <laughs> we're going to be maybe bad for a year and a half and we're complaining it's just insane. It's insane what, what Cashman was able to do by just selling off a few select pieces from this bad team this year. Relief pitchers and an uh, aging veteran hitter and Ivan Nova. None of those guys were going to be on the next pennant winning team. So I, it was just, it made so much sense to sell. I'm so happy he did it because for once the Yankees were making the smart business decision rather than trying to outspend everybody and act more macho than everybody and think they can just be better that way. That's how they got the name, the evil empire. And, uh, you know, it didn't work. It worked out some years. It didn't work out in other years. Um, I do want to talk about the fact that Cashman was able to get the pirates to take Ivan Nova for two players to be named later. 
I thought he would just get one player to be named later, and I didn't even really care who it was. They could have sent back a couple of 1970s replica Pittsburgh Pirates jerseys, those bright yellow ones, and I would have been fine with that. But he got two players to be named later for Ivan Nova. Pizza Nova. That's amazing. Uh, the whole player to be named later is a, is a totally – we could probably spend an hour on that. Just the fact that I don't even know what that means. So, uh, How do you come to the conclusion like, oh, that's a good deal? Yeah, player to be named later. <laughs> what are the stipulations of that when you're making that deal? It's 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 a very confusing it's a very confusing part of a, of a trade of the trade process to me because I don't quite understand. There's got to be some like parameters set, right? Of the of the player oh, yeah, to be named totally. later. I love the player to be named later though because he's always a guy with upside, and he's always he's always a guy you know he's got good good bat speed. Maybe he's got he's got a live fastball. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it doesn't matter, honestly. I mean, because Nova was doing absolutely nothing. So the player to be named, or now the players to be named later, are are probably more hope than than what we already knew what Avon Nova who was. Cares? Literally, yeah. who cares? The yeah. fact that we don't have to watch Avon Nova pitch for the rest of the year is is beautiful. It's good enough. It's good enough for that trade to to just happen. Because this gives players like Severino and Chad Green and Luis Sessa and anyone else they want to give a shot in the starting rotation a chance. And they don't have to pitch a Von Nova. It gives young guys a chance. I think what I would do is say, listen, Severino, you had a bad couple months to start the season. You went on the DL. Hopefully you're back and let's see what you've got. Because I think Severino needs to be in the 2017 starting rotation. I do not want him in the bullpen. They need to try to make him a starting pitcher. So do you, I mean, I, all reports now are that he's going to be a, a relief pitcher for, I mean, that's that's his job at this well, point. Well, that was the reports before Nova got traded. That's true. That is true. There's so an open rotation he is stre- now. He is stretched out. Yeah, I would give it, I would have Severino as the first guy in the rotation. And if he absolutely sucks, then give Green a shot. And if Green absolutely sucks, then give Sessa a shot. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that because there are, there is an opportunity. I think, you know, we saw a lot of we we saw a lot of Severino last year that we we liked, you know, we we liked it a lot. And, you know, the fact that he came back this year and was struggling was a big surprise, I think, to, to a lot of us. I know the two, you and me, were both very shocked that he was, uh, that he was struggling as much as he was. And, you know, it, it, was, very, it was a simple philosophy, the fact that, that he, was, he wasn't locating his pitches. And, and last year, you know, maybe he, maybe he was locating better or maybe there's now a book on him and they, and they were, you know, not swinging at pitches they were last year. I don't know what it was, but it's 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 his turn to make that adjustment, and I, we all know that he was slotted for the rotation, and that's that's exactly what they wanted him to be. So I think if he were to be put in the into the bullpen at this point, it would be a disappointment. Totally, it would totally be a disappointment, and he's got the second next two months of baseball is going to be low pressure for the Yankees, and you've even seen that on Monday night in City Field, the Yankees have been playing balls to the walls. I mean. Uh, Brett Gardner went for an inside the park home run on the on the first batter of the game. You saw Ref Snyder lay out for a nine point oh belly oh flop down God. the right field corner. They've been playing with reckless abandon in this game. Dude, There's he didn't no even catch that ball, and it made me so no, he excited. He didn't even come close to catching that. Ball. <laughs> it was if you see the replay from the from from the from the stands in the back, he was actually a lot closer than it looked on the other side. Okay, but. But regardless, but it was, I loved was, it. I, was, I loved. I don't give a shit if he cut it or not. The fact that the dude was flying for like twenty feet in the air, 
I loved it. It was a few feet from it, but still, it was fun to watch. And I think that the Yankees are going to play loose. And I think that is going to give a lot of the young guys some confidence to play their game and take it into next season. Again, I've used this comparison probably 10 times already on this podcast. But the Red Sox at the end of last year were playing loose because they had no pressure on them and their young guys were able to just go out there and play. And maybe the Yankees can do that and take that momentum into 2017. By the way, I think the most, <laughs> the greatest thing just happened and, and I think it might it might bottle everything we're talking about up, right, what just happened in the game. A-Rob was about to be on deck. Uh, it was on deck. It was swinging on deck. Teixeira got a base hit. First and second, no outs. They just pinch hit for A-Rod with Ben Gamble. Well, he bunted. I love it. A-Rod can't bunt. Ben Gamble can bunt. That I'm hair- just saying. I love it. I don't care. I love it. It's <laughs> You know what it is? It's saying it's saying that this is a youth movement. It's it's a microcosm. It's beautiful. You know what? You know what's going to kill Girardi though, and I'm actually a little worried for him is running through these mediocre bullpen arms leading up to Dellen Batanzas. You could see it tonight but that's already. Thing. With Bly- You're Blyer at who came we in, have. Blyer came in, threw a ball to the backstop, and yes. you could just see Girardi sitting there, like scratching his head. I kind of feel bad for the guy. He had he had a Ferrari, and now he's down to like a beat up old Toyota. You don't think he likes it? I feel like he kind of likes that. I feel like this is where Girardi. This is actually where Girardi shines. This is almost like more more of the NL baseball, right? He's got to make a stress, lot more changes. I think it stresses him out. Well, I think a stressed out Girardi is not a bad Girardi. <laughs> he's more fun when he's stressed out. In all honesty, he get he gets really good facial. His veins start popping out big time. His forearms are just they they're massive and and he. he Who's got bigger the- forearms? Who's got bigger forearms? Clint Frazier, Joe Girardi. I I would say Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi has really? some of the biggest forearms I've ever seen. Can we we need? I think we need to petition the the team. I think we need to get in touch with the Yes Network about this. We need use our use our. Yeah, no. We need to use our uh, use our use our girth and and our uh, our pull with the Yes Network and and get a, a Joe Girardi, Clint Frazier, arm wrestling competition. Well, Frazier's only twenty one years old. His body's still probably old growing. man strength. Girardi has strength. that old man strength. You can't yeah. teach old man strength. You 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 better not underestimate it either. No. You better not. No, it's it's no joke. I had a professor in college. He grew up in the northeast kingdom of Vermont. If you don't know what that is, they don't even have cell phone towers. Anyway, he had the biggest freaking forums I've ever seen in my life because he used to chop wood every day. Country strong. He used to just go out and chop wood. He didn't even need wood. He'd just do it for exercise. Yeah. This dude's forearms were like my thighs. That's why all the all like these that's why all like the offensive linemen come from the Midwest because these kids are just doing they're 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 working on they're the doing farm. Hick workouts. Yeah, yeah. They're moving cows and shit. They're moving like you know, whatever you do to feed cows and move the cows. They're doing all that stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> well, the Yankees are trying to scra- scrape a run across in the in what is it, the top of the tenth right now. Didi's up, bases loaded, nobody out. I love that the fact that they're playing spoiler to the Mets. The Mets just made a huge trade for Jay Bruce. Um, that's a huge trade for them. They're trying to have him be the Cespedes of this year. So anytime the Yankees can beat the Mets, I'm all for it. But I think if you're a Yankees fan, anything that happens this year, anytime, any winning the Yankees do for the next two months is gravy. 
We're just looking to see some some young kids. And I think Sanchez is coming up this week. Brian Cashman mentioned that on the broadcast that he expects that there, there's a good chance Sanchez could be called up by Wednesday. They'll still be playing the Mets at Yankee Stadium. And I think once Judge comes back from his injury, a couple, couple more games down the line, you'll see him up and right. He's field. back. No doubt. Uh, how excited are we going to be if on August 13th at the stadium, Aaron Judge is in the starting lineup? In right field, bro. In right field. Right, it will in, be in, in an earshot. Or amazing. It's, it's, look, dude, it's going to be him or it's going to be Ref Snyder. I'll take either one. I'm not going to lie. I might, I might, might kind of want Ref Snyder just because I've been on his jock for like two years. If Ref but, Snyder's out in right field, Scott might be running on the field. <laughs> there may be a problem, yeah. There may be security measures that have to be taken. Uh, I'm kind of a, I'm watching this on the computer right now because I'm, I'm, I'm not in front of my television. So, by the way, I'm delayed. So when you said Ben Gamble bunted, I didn't know that at the time. Okay. I, I just saw I just saw the fact that he was pinch hitting for him, and I was like, "Holy shit, he's pinch hitting for A Rod, and this is crazy." <laughs> anyway, so yes, this is a, there's a lot of excitement. This is good stuff, all good stuff, and uh, I, I'm excited. I, I'm really pumped up. And like I said before, you guys can everybody can can go on the other side of this. I would not be surprised if this team started playing better because now. There's youth starting to come up. It's very obvious that the, the kids are starting to come up and play. And the fact that they could give a shot in the arm to this team and, uh, and make them play better, I would not doubt it. And I would love it. Talk about what if they were to make a playoff run and, and, and a wild card run with a team that we're, we're, we're going to be looking at. stop. You're getting no, crazy. Want, You're getting crazy. You no. can't have your, your cake and eat it too. I want it. No, I want it. I only know that. God, you, I need my cake. I, all Give these my Yankees cake. fans saying that the, that the Yankees can still contend is, is it's driving me crazy because this team is going <laughs> to suck. They, they sucked when they had actual names on this roster, and they just they traded away all their good players, and we expect them to still contend? It's lunacy. No, we just we just took the lead. I mean, it's it's very obvious. Starling Castro, a young player, yeah, did what he had to do. Fly. Great did what he had to do. I know it was like three minutes for you, but I don't even you, care. It just happened. I don't care if the Yankees suck for the rest of the year. Actually... Have them be really bad so they get a higher draft pick. No, 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 no. See, now I'm rooting for them even more. Like, now I feel like winning is so exciting. Like, we're not supposed to win. So now it's awesome. I now winning taste. is like the most, the greatest thing ever. I'm, it, I, I, don't, I can't bottle my emotion up for the winning now. And I want more of it because it feels so good. I think Yankees fans need a little taste of what it's like to be a really bad team. So they can, it can feel even better when this team is back on top. You're totally missing it. We everything. haven't had you're that in 25 plus years. You're missing it. You're missing, you're missing it. Because now that we've sold, everybody says we're supposed to suck. But now is the time that we need to just tell everybody that... Okay, we're supposed to suck, but we're not going to because we are the New York Yankees. That, that is the ultimate kicking the balls to everybody else. The fact that we sell everybody and then still win, that is the kicking the balls. That is the kicking the balls that I want to see happen for the rest of the year. Let's go. This team is going to flourish. This young team. This young team is going to get so pumped up. Chase Headley's going to become like a 360 hitter. It's going to be amazing. Well, okay. Jacoby Ellsbury is going to so, become like a crafty veteran. I love it. So, Scott, you are planning the World Series parade on uh, in late October. Already. Ref Snyder is going to take over the clubhouse leader. Didi and Ref Snyder are going to be taking everybody out for beers. They're going to be chicken wings. <laughs> chicken and beer didn't work for the Red Sox. It did for the year before they lost. 
All right. Well, okay. We're just now we're carrying on. This uh, we wanted to jump on because Scott and I are both excited, and we think all the, all the fans out there are excited too. The fact that again Brian Cashman was able to re rejuvenate the farm system that was already pretty good into something that's potentially top five in Major League Baseball in a matter of days, in a week, with the a few key trades, is just so I, I give him so much credit and I'm so happy that the organization allowed him to do it. And I cannot wait. I, I already can't wait for 2017 spring training. How about can you not wait for the fact that Dylan Batanzas is about to come in for this first save opportunity since the trade? That's phenomenal. I hope he doesn't blow it. Against the Mets in City Field? Let's go! <laughs> Alright, we'll talk to you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.